Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Here today with Will Dawes, he's the CEO of Makango. They're a rare earth company with assets in Malawi, I believe. Yeah, so we, we're focused on rare earths. Mm-hmm. Our key project is in Malawi. Mm-hmm. And rare earth sector is very, at a very interesting stage at the moment um, in that one of the key demand drivers is from electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for um, very strong increases in demand in coming years. Our project's an advanced stage project. We've been working on it since 2010. We've taken it through various stages and we're currently doing the feasibility study. And that feasibility study is fully funded by Talaxis, which is a Mm. subsidiary of Noble Group. Mm. So we're looking to get that feasibility study completed next year. So you've got to start with, what are rare earths? It's a lot of confusion. So so rare earths is a suite of 17 elements Mm. um, and they're used for different applications. As I mentioned, the key growth area is is really um, uh, the key demand driver is in electric vehicles, but also other clean tech applications, mm. also consumer electronics. So neodymium, for example, mm. and praseodymium, they um, go go into make magnets, which go into electric motors or into wind turbines um, or, or small magnets in, in hard disk drives mm-hmm. and other sort of consumer electronic applications. Speakers, for example. So that's neodymium, praseodymium. Dysprosium is also used in, in the magnets. Mm-hmm. And terbium is uh, used in phosphors, also interchangeable dysprosium for magnets. Cerium in, in polishing powders. So there's a huge range of applications. Right. Fuel cracking catalysts for, for lanthanum. Um, but yeah, so there's different markets, different growth areas, but really the interesting market going forward is, is the use in magnets. Right. So, you know, read through your presentation, you talk about, you know, recent increase in the resource. What, what are you digging out of the ground? Are, you, are all of those chemicals you've just mentioned or are you focusing on specific components? I think you know, the market's kind of confused. People talk about rare earths and very generic terms. Yeah. but. What precisely are you taking out of the ground? Well, they, they, they come as ground. a package. I mean, yeah. normally, you know, every every rare earth mine has the whole suite, just in different proportions. Mm. So our project, um, for example, is is more geared towards light rare earths. Other other deposits are, are more geared to heavy rare earths, and they have different. They're effectively different market markets, mm. different demand drivers. So when you're when you're mining um, uh, mining a rare earth deposit, mm. you you the ore that comes out of the ground contains the whole suite, and and then generally you concentrate that ore. You produce a concentrate, and mm. then you you chemically process that concentrate. Mm. Then ultimately you separate the different rare earths. Right. Okay. Can we talk about your strategy? Because you mentioned a company Talaxis a second ago. You've been working with them for couple of years now or yeah co- about that and coming yeah. up for that so what's the relationship with them because maybe start with the two the the projects that you've got and what they're involved in Talaxis's involvement yeah. is with you so so the relationship with with Talaxis is subsidiary of Noble Group and um, you know I think the, the relationship started in during sort of uh, 2016 um, around the time when we came to list in London and you know, at the time, and, and you know, our stated strategy was to bring in a partner to move the project to the next level and fund it at the asset level. 
So the relationship with Talaxis started off as a, a marketing and advisory uh, advisory type relationship. Right. And so that was, was announced um, in, in 2017. And, and it developed into um, uh, an investment in the top company level and, um, and then into the sort of strategic partnership. So the, the relationship has grown over the years and, um, and culminated in, in the transaction we announced uh, whereby um, uh, Talaxis invested at the asset level. Right, and so can we get into that? Because that's you know, 12 million bucks Canadian, I'm presuming. Pounds. Yeah. It's 12 million pounds. Yeah. Sorry, it is 12 million pounds. Um, at the project level for Songway? That's correct. Yeah. Right, okay. So, and what does that mean for you? So really, I mean, previously, um, well, in fact, since we listed in, uh, we first listed in on TSXB in 2011, mm. um, you know, and as is normally the case for, uh, you know, in the exploration sector, you're, you go to the market, you raise the capital, you, mm. you invest the capital and, um, you know, move the project through, you know, up the value curve. Mm. Now, we were getting to the stage, we completed a pre-feasibility study in 2015. Mm -hmm. So we were, you know, looking at ways we could we we could um, fund this through to um, the development stage. Yeah, and um, you know, around the time um, 2016, um, you know, we were a Canadian or a Canadian company listed in Canada. Mm. We needed to broaden our investor base and and profile as well. Yeah. So we were uh, apart from listing in in, in London. We were also been looking for a strategic partner who could come and move the company to the next level and to fund it at the asset level. And that's pretty key. It meant and means that we don't have to go back to the market and dilute yeah. the shareholders at the, at the top company level. Right. So, but was that always the plan or is it out of necessity because of market conditions? I think that was the plan. That was the, that was the strategy at the time. You know, I think what we needed... What, you know, there, there are a large number of rare earth companies um, who were uh, listed at the same time we, mm. we came to market. I think that the number that everyone talks about is about there was 200 rare earth companies right. listed, uh, you know, listed globally. Yeah. Um, and actually very few of those companies got their project sure. to an advanced stage, yeah. i.e. a pre-feasibility stage. Yeah. A rare earth project takes a lot of time and, and energy and money to get it to that stage. So really our goal um, was to get it to an advanced stage and to um, and then and then bring in a, a strategic partner off the back of that, that right, okay. pre-feasibility study. So, so, so the idea is what? You, you're, you were set out to be an incubator, I do the exploration, work out what you had and then bring the strategic partner in, investment that project level yeah that that was always the idea and and and, and I think um, I think Talaxis bring a lot more to the table than than just Cash. just the funding um, you know they've had a long-standing presence in in Asia and, and network of relationships and, mm. and, and marketing um, you know through the broader noble group um, fantastic network and in fact before for this transaction uh, with Talaxis at the project level we spent a lot of time with the group in Asia mm. um, and um, you know I think both both parties could see the benefit of, of working together 
So it's not just a purely financial uh, relationship. Um, we're also working closely with Telaxis to identify the best markets for the product, the best type of products to produce. As I mentioned before, there's various stages mm -hmm. in the value chain for, 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 uh, for rare earths. So whether you produce a concentrate, uh, separated rare earth, which separated rare earth you produce, yeah. downstream products as well. So that's another area we're looking at is, is the downstream side of things, so technology. So, so I guess you, you have to go for a strategic partner. You can't go for dumb money, per se. You can't, you can't say, just give me the money, we know what we're doing, because you're a small operation, low overheads, and you don't have all those necessary skills or the abilities to open doors yourself. So, it would have to be, how many people could you have gone to? I, I think it's, uh, I think there is a number of groups um, that, um, you know, re really mm. it's the consumers of those rare earths, it's, it's mm. the groups who, who sell and market those rare earths, and um, it's, it's groups who see the, um, who, who see the, uh, the potential in the sector, mm. which I think is, is very, very substantial. So, um, you know, we, we, you know, I think we're seeing a sort of structural change in, in the commodity markets where, you know, when I first started working in, in, this, in this sector, everything was about bulk commodities and, and the market was driven off infrastructure development mm -hmm. in China. And that was really driving yeah. the markets. Now, I think things have changed very substantially and it, it's more clean tech, electric vehicles. And that, and that, uh, and that demand is met by a different commodity suite. Um, but it's a lot more specialist sector and they're, and they're smaller markets. Yeah, they're smaller markets, higher margins, absolutely. But you know, every, you know, we speak to a lot of companies you know, who wrap their story around the EV revolution that's coming because that's what's hot at the moment. And you know, we, I'm trying to understand what's real and what's not because of you know, all the companies we talk to, it's, They've got to say, you know, I mean, you, you do it to a degree in here. You, you have to spend some time talking about the macro yeah. for people to understand what's happening with the EV revolution right before you get into your story. Is that, I mean, is that frustrating for you to have to educate the market? You know, a small company like you having to educate the market as to where you fit in it. Do you think this is just not that a, understanding I think it's a necessity. there anymore? I think it's the same for, I think what, what happened in the sector is, um, you know the commodities that really benefited uh, initially from this, um, from the whole electric vehicle story was lithium, mm. and then then cobalt. For a while. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and then, um, and then rare earths really sort of lag lagged behind to a certain extent. And I think that's a reflection of um, you know a couple of things. You know, it's a difficult market to understand. Mm. I think the the sector went through the rare earth sector went through very difficult times um, after the sort of real rare earths boom in 2010 2011. Mm. Um, you know, large large companies got into difficulties. Those large companies were backed by some of the big banks. And um, if you look at the lithium lithium sector, for example, a lot of the um, a lot of that, um, a lot of the bull market was sort of underpinned by some big um, research and a big push from some of the big banks um, mm. and, and coverage from them. So, so we, um, so I think in the rare earth sector, it's it, it's slightly different. Um, it's 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 more complex to understand because uh, it's a whole suite of elements, and some of those elements are driven by, um, you know, the ele electric vehicle demand. Some of them are driven, driven by different demand sectors. 
and it takes time to understand the market. And I think so. It's part of our job is to, you know, spend time with the potential investors to to get mm. them uh, um, so, so they have a better understanding to you know of the market. And the so, but do you feel yeah. like institutional guys don't really understand it? It's and plus it's not a very big sector at the moment. Uh, there are easier mining uh, stories and commodities to understand. Retail definitely don't understand it. Do you feel that you're almost being penalised because of this lack of understanding in the market? Like in terms of your share price, right? You, you know, you've been hit this year. It's it's down on where it was. Are people just not buying your strategy, or people not understanding what rare earth is and where it fits in the market? What do you think that I, is? I think I mean just just by example, you have um, just looking at the Australian rare earth sector. Mm. Um, now Australia has a producing. You know, a major yeah. producing rare earth mine, Linus Corporation. Yeah. It's it's the sort of, you know, it's the Western listed major. One of. Um, yeah. And um, and so I think there's a better understanding in the Australian market, for example, mm. about the sector and the companies trading in Australia. Of, you know, thirty to a hundred million. Um, so I think that is reflected in that, that knowledge and greater understanding of the sector is is reflected in market in the in the market values. So um, the UK is, you know, it's a very small sector um, mm. from rare earths. I mean, um, Canadian um, sector was, I guess, uh, one of the starting areas for the real rare earths boom. Um, we listed there in 2011 um, mm. for, for that reason. Um, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of projects, um, um, I'd say, came to the market and they were just too big. Mm. Um, you're not, you, you, you know, to to build a mine for a million, a billion dollars in a in a small market just yeah. doesn't doesn't make sense, and it doesn't it still doesn't make sense. So we we set out from the beginning to have, you know, uh, manageable capex, mm. low capex. So PFS capex is around two hundred sixteen million. Um, so we've always. Um, and we've always kept to, to, to that sort of number of there, thereabouts, yeah. I mean, uh, depending on the scale. So, so, so I, I, I want to come back to the question, though, in terms of what, if you think the market is judging you fairly. Okay, so if I look at a, another rare earth company listed here on AIM, which is Pensana, the project down in Angola, no one's listening. No one cares, right? And if I look at some of the chat rooms and forums about on the TSX, or here in London for you guys. No one's talking about it. And that's why I'm trying to understand why, because they should be excited, right? You'd say yeah, yes. Absolutely, yeah. But they're not. They're not talking about you. And they you know, I'm, I'm wondering why. Is it because it's too complex a story and there's other easier stories to understand? And do you think that's fair? Or do Look, I I, th I think that um, I think we are very undervalued in the market. Um, I mean, it just you just have to to look at the um, uh, you know the implied value from uh, the Talaxis yeah. uh, transaction and and the option. So Talaxis have a development option yep. whereby they can increase their stake yep. by twenty six percent by funding the equity and arranging the project finance. So that that puts an implied value on our residual twenty five percent, for example, of you know hundred million. Yeah. You know we're 10 million or thereabouts. So, um, you know, the upside is clear. We are, we are going through a feasibility study at the moment. 
So, you know, it's, you know, I said compared to last year when we were putting out drilling results, mm. it's, um, I, I'd say the, the, the news flow um, is not, is not, is not going to be drilling results because we finished all the drilling. So I think um, what, what investors like is news flow. So I think it's, it's up to us to, mm. to really, um, you know, generate that news flow and excitement as we I move through the feasibility study. I think study. It, I mean, when I was researching this, you, you definitely have a lot of news flow. It's just very technical. It comes back to, do people understand what you're doing yeah. or what you're talking about? And if they don't, I can see why they perhaps aren't, you know, putting their money money down. Um, and is this just a boring phase that you're in pre-fees um, before you can actually say, well, this is what it means for us at Holdco level? Uh, all of this work happening down at, at project level is is good for us. We mm. should be ten times what we are, or whatever number you're going to throw at me. Uh, um, and if so, when when do you think that moment of clarity is coming? For retail high net worth family office investors, perhaps not quite as sophisticated as institutional guys. I think that um, we've been through that drilling phase, as I mentioned before. Mm. The stages, as you you know, as you move through the feasibility stage, um, metallurgy is a key key aspect of it. Yeah, and metallurgy yeah. will comprise the uh, flotation and the hydrometallurgy and the separation. Correct. I think as we announce those various stages uh, in the, in the uh, completion of the feasibility study, yeah. those are key milestones. I think they're as key or even more key than, than the resource that we put out. The resource, you know, it's, uh, we've increased the resource very substantially. We have a measured resource. Mm. So the drilling is done and we've de-risked it from a geological perspective and now it's the metallurgy which is the next sort of key thing that we're, we're working oh, Totally, in terms of recovery yeah. rates, etc. I mean, I'm trying, again, I'm trying to understand from an investor's point of view what, what, what they're struggling with here. And I wonder if it's the volatility of rare earth prices in the marketplace, you know, up and down, or you know, battery metals in the marketplace, you know, cobalt should be off and running. It ran for a while, back down, lithium, back down. Nickel has, you know, starting to starting yeah. to recover, but you know, will it last? It's a, you know, it's famously volatile commodity. Mm. You know, do you think there's that element to it where you're saying we can't give certainty over you know the, the flavor of the month for battery uh, metals? Um, we haven't yet been able to give you a sense of the economics here as a result of that volatility, but also mm. as a result of we haven't nailed down precisely what this thing's going to cost us to, you know, to get into production. Mm. Do you think there's that, I, that level of uncertainty? I, I think help? it's, I think, um, as I, you know, I mentioned before, it's, it's, there's, there's the, the market side of things. Mm. So in, in the rare earth sector, and really we're talking about the prices for neodymium and prasodymium. Mm -hmm. If you look at um, the demand driver I mentioned is electric vehicles. Mm. You know, there's there's a few million on the road at the moment. I think it's I think it's about three million. Mm. Um, you know, assuming a growth of um, to thirty million over the next few years, uh, around a kilogram of of rare earths uh, per electric vehicle, mm -hmm. thirty additional thirty thousand tons of demand, yeah. which would approximately double 
rare earth demand. Now, that that demand hasn't really kicked in yet. You, yeah. You've got say say if it's three million electric vehicles on the road, mm. um, it's a fairly small yep. contributor in terms of demand. So I think that has yet to impact positively on rare earth prices. Um, so there's that aspect to it in terms mm. of the market, um, but the fundamentals are there. Ninety percent of electric no, vehicles get, use get. these use no, rare it, earth magnets. So there's the market. Yeah. In terms of in, in terms of the project and news flow, mm. um, you know, to complete a feasibility study for a, for a rare earth project, there's many many different components to it, and for us, it's a question of just getting those different components done. And certainly on the metallurgy, um, getting the news out there, and I think, I think that those are the key milestones that in investors should be looking for over the next over okay. the next few sort of weeks and months, okay. leading into the feasibility study. I mean, one of the other things I've noticed here, and just just staying on the cost side of things, okay, is you know you're it's a nice friendly country, you know, yep. very nice people, um, nice part of the world, um, but you're reliant on railway to port. Railway built by and owned by who? Is it state owned, or is it so, Chinese so, owned? So the the, uh, the Malawi government has an allocation on the on that line. Right. And in reality, what we're what we're looking at for the project is is actually um, bringing reagents in, mm. um, which is where we need the capacity because we'll actually be producing a pretty you know high value product from yeah. Malawi. Yeah. So, say for example, you know, order of magnitude around fifty thousand tons mm. of reagents will be bringing in. This isn't an iron ore project or, or a, you know, a copper project. Mm. It's not a huge amount of um, material to be moving on the railway line. Mm -hmm. So we bring in say fifty thousand tons of reagents, uh, which will be sulphur, uh, caustic soda, calcium mm. chloride, and what we'll be exporting is five to ten thousand tons of high value concentrate. So, you know, we're not, what, what the, the infrastructure is important for is, um, and, you know, we have a road to the site, you've got the railhead, um, new dry port being developed around that rail, railhead near Blantar, yeah. capacity on the railway line. What it's important for is that we can do more in country in terms of processing that um, our peers might be able to do. Right. So instead of just producing a mineral concentrate and shipping it out, um, and which means you're very, you'd be very mm. limited as to where you could process that, yeah. we can produce a mineral concentrate and then do further processing of that mineral concentrate in Malawi, yeah. add further value to the product, yeah. um, and it means you know, we can produce a purified mixed rare earth product. Right. And that product will be exported from Malawi, and we're also looking at potential locations and and opportunities to further separate that concentrate right. into the individual rare earths, which again broadens your where you can sell the product. Yeah, um, and that means you know the ability to leverage more of the relationship with Talaxis and and the Talaxis Noble. Right. Um, network. Right. So, I mean, again, I, I want to come on to that because I think that's kind of interesting about the way that it's going to operate. Is so things like power, water. You say you've, you've, there is a road, dirt road to to the t it's nearest it, town, right? Is it a bit more than that? It's uh, so we've got a, a paved road 
to within about 13 kilometers of the site. Right, okay. Um, and the rest is a sort of gravel dirt road. Right. And we, in terms of power, um, we are looking to put in place a solar facility, solar storage, right. and then um, grid power as well. Right. Um, the government has, has said and is supportive of putting in first of all, of refurbishing that road, not right. grading that road, okay, and connecting the, uh, um, power the, the power line. To the so grid. what's that, VRFB solar storage? Yeah, it's, 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 um, it's solar storage. You know, I mean, that's, that's what we're doing at the moment. We're looking at all you the options. That. Yeah. Right, okay, okay. Okay, so there's a whole bunch of infrastructure costs to get you know work out what they are and what the, what the impact of exactly. that is. Exactly, and that's okay. really as part of the feasibility yeah. study. We just yeah. engage um, Senate to, to who are looking at these sort of power options as well right. at the moment. So okay. they've been to site and okay. So let's come back to this model of yours. So you're an incubator of, of, of sorts. You've got people like strategic partner Telaxis in here. They've got the ability to get up to seventy five percent on some way yeah. and similar sort of deal potentially in the making with um, the second project? So we, yeah, so, so, yeah. so, so the, the way, way the company is structured is we have a subsidiary called Lancaster Exploration. Songway sits under and, that. And Songway sits under that. And then we have another company called uh, Maganito, mm. um, which we set up to look at the sort of downstream technologies. Yeah, and, and so Telaxis holds 24.5 of that Correct, right yeah. now. Correct. But with the option of more. Increasing up to 49%. With um, another two million pounds. Uh, with an additional million pounds. So a million pounds has gone in right. for 24.5%. Um, uh, Got it, okay. And another million to take it up to 49%. So, we, so we're looking at op other opportunities yeah. um, for Maganito. We just announced a uh, heads of terms with a group called Hypermag. Right. Um, it's a UK-based yeah. group. Um, and it was set up by um, uh, some experts in the field of magnetic materials, mm. uh, a lot of experience in the industry, and that's looking at, at recycling. Right, okay. Um, so again, so on, on the strategy, inc incubator uh, type structure is, you've got low overheads, presumably your GNA yeah. at Headco, Topco, is reasonably low, a few salaries and the old NED in there, no doubt, and consultant. Um, what is the role that Telaxis is taking? Are they taking not just cash, but they're bringing expertise and knowledge, etc. Are they going to be just looking after the market activity, or who's looking after the technical components of you know developing these assets? Yeah, so so we have a, a team of of um, technical people we're working with on the feasibility study. So. Yeah. We, we've appointed Senet as the lead engineer. Uh, yeah. They're based in, in, yeah. in South Africa. Um, and we're working with various groups, um, largely in South Africa, on, mm -hmm. on the actual sort of feasibility study components. Yep. Um, so Digby Wells on the environmental side of things, EPOC mm -hmm. on, the, on the tailings, um, and, um, and Barra Consulting on, on, the, on, the, on the mining side of things. Mm -hmm. We're completing a lot of work at the moment in Australia on the processing. Um, so really, most of the work has been, been done in Australia for that. Mm. Um, and that sort of feeds into the feasibility study. Okay. And so, so really, um, with Telaxis it's, it's and, and Noble Group, um, the um, discussions and, and, and um, 
and relationship is is geared to the market side of things and the mm -hmm. marketing, but also advice um, and and um, in terms of the feasibility study. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, we're working with with individuals within uh, Noble Group and, and Talaxis who are playing a role in the feasibility study as well. Right. Okay, so I, I want to bring this back for investors, for retail investors, high net worth family offices, they understand where the upside is, okay? And you've talked about some of the deliverables coming up, but that's just deliverables. You, you've got to convert that into some sort of positive sentiment about the growth story for your company, right? Mm. So, because investments at project level, you know, the people at project level are not necessarily worried about what's going on at top K. So share price appreciation is going to come from what you think. Have you got plans for additional projects, or you think you were 20, what you're, when you left with your 25% on some way, that's great, let's just sit back and wait for that stellar growth that we're expecting? I mean, how, yeah, I mean, how, I'd how, say how what, what I would say is Talaxis also have a um, shareholding in the comp in, in, in Do the Bangas run the top company What's, how of, much of, of around 12%. Right, okay. So, so they have a meaningful stake in the business plus warrants to increase that stake. Right, okay. So they, they have um, um, very good exposure to, to right. Macango as well. Um, but in terms of you know, the real catalyst mm. to, because really what, what we're looking to do is, you know, current market cap around around 10 million, mm. the implied value of that, that option to uh, increase um, the interest to 75%, 100, 150 million. Mm -hmm. So really, if we, um, our goal is to produce a very, very robust feasibility study, mm -hmm. Um, in which case, Talaxis are strongly incentivized to exercise, exercise their option, mm -hmm. and and that'll crystallize um, an implied value for our remaining 25%. So right. really closing the gap between the 10 million and the 100, 150 million implied right. from the the equity investment. And then what, so game, that's what we're uh, game over looking. after that. What then next? we then Macango will, will have a 25% free carried interest in a yeah. uh, producing rare earth mine, and there's. There's very few of those around outside China. Sure, but it, well, it depends what happens with the rail prices. If they, if they go stellar, there's going to be more and more. There's lots of small ones dotted around who haven't got the funding in place, nor are they capable of getting funding in place. So you've done quite well in that regard. Um, but if things, if the market changes, that situation changes. There will be more, assuming China doesn't re retaliate in some way. Um, but what what are you going to do next? So I think we. Um, we have the producing, you know, we'll have a producing rare earth mine. We have a downstream technology business. So if you're, you know, producing, uh, producing a, a rare earth, separated rare earths or, or a rare earths um, concentrate or a combination mm. of the two, um, the further downstream you go, mm. the more value that's added and the greater the sort of market reach. So the reason we set up Maganito is to look at technologies which could enable us to get closer um, to, to the customer and yeah. and participate in, in the supply chain all the way through to you know, as far downstream as we can go. Say fully integrated rare earth company, but you, you're focusing on what you've got. There's there's no bigger plans than that. You think that's? I think we would, you know, in terms of other rare earth projects. Um, we would look at other rare earth projects if they're complementary to what we're doing at the moment mm. and and um, 
Yeah, so we would look at other, other opportunities, particularly if, if we can uh, if we can add value mm. to to that rare earth project, or if it's covering a different uh, has a different focus on different rare earths, mm -hmm. for example. Um, so we yeah, we look at other opportunities. Are you going to be raising capital anytime no. soon? No time soon. No. Don't need to. No. Okay, fine. So 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 the um, agreement we have with Telaxis covers feasibilities costs and overheads in the top company. Right. But you've got a GNA. You're employing people. You're taking a salary, so you know there's some cost there. But you you don't foresee the that's that's covered through the um, agreement with Telaxis as well. That's federal. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. So good. we so we I mean really interesting. We 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 don't want to be in a position where we have to go back to the market at all. Right. So Done. that yeah. No more so dilution. Correct. Yeah. Right. So that's that's good news yeah. for a start. Um, and. So what I'm hearing is you're, you're sitting and waiting for the feasibility to be completed, which is due when, do you think? We're targeting next year, by the end of next year. Clearly, right. we're incentivized to get it done sure. <laughs> ASAP. And it's not your money, so that's even better. Well, we treat it as our money. I right. mean, it, it's, okay. you know, it, as I say, we're incentivized okay. to get the best possible feasibility so study we Q4 can. Q4 2020 feasibility comes out, so between now and then, but what are investors thinking? What should they be thinking? So I think I think the key the key announcements that investors should be looking for is um, milestones on the on the processing because those are key mm -hmm. key aspects of the feasibility study. What are they? Come on. And um, progress in Malawi on the ground, getting the environmental, social, health impact assessment right. done, and various other sort of milestones in the in, in the feasibility study. Right. Okay. Because it's like, like when we again when we speak to companies and they tell us milestones are coming up, and the milestones mm. come and they go, and nothing. It's just flatline. You know, you're excited about it, but the market isn't excited about it. And mm. it just again, it comes back to that question from right at the beginning, which is, you know, how do you get people excited about this, or to even understand the importance mm. of those catalysts? Because you know, when share price doesn't move like you think it's going to, it's kind of quite disappointing. I mean, I've been your side of the fence, mm. right? I know. And I'm not, you're never quite sure why that is. But if you sort of anticip anticipate the market not reacting, you know, mm. what, what do you think you would do now? And what, if, if, if these announcements I think, come out I think it's a question of it's a question of getting the message out there and, and you know, better informing the market of what we're doing. Um, also, also, you know, looking at, um, you know, we're marketing internationally as well. Um, and, um, you, you know, I think um, just to generate that interest uh, well, in I, the company. I, again, I think that's an interesting point you say that you know, telling people what you're doing and telling people why it benefits them are two different things. And, I, you know, that's what I think companies need to do more of. So it's not a case of traveling the world and telling the wrong messages, mm. focusing on what investors' needs are, institutional and retail. Yeah. That's, I, mean, that's I think it's actually, like you know, with, with rare earths, it's, it's actually a pretty, I mean, the market story is actually, is actually when, when, you, when you boil it down to, to what, you know, if, if you believe in the electric vehicle story mm. and that we're all going to be driving electric vehicles in the next, you know, 10, 20 years, mm. then it's, it's an absolute no-brainer um, because it's the most efficient way of driving an electric vehicle, say 30 million Electric vehicles on the road, thirty thousand tons additional demand, yeah, and doubling of. of, of I, I get, I get so all that, but you know, but the 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 
The other side of that is I've got nickel companies telling me that, I've got graphite companies telling me that, I've got cobalt companies, lithium companies. I, everyone's telling me the EV revolution is going to change the way that we operate. I, I get it, but it's, you know, how do you make money so that I can make money? You know, where you fit in that mix, I think that I seems th to be the bit people not. I think the big, di the big difference with rare earths mm. is that there are so few advanced stage projects that are really outside of China, yeah, that, that are positioned for that growth. And I mm. think, uh, so I think that's that's one of the key key messages. And what you know, what normally what normally happens is. Um, you know, the market, the rare earth prices will start to move off, off the back of this additional mm. demand. And there'll be only a very small handful of companies that will be in a position to supply into that market. Mm -hmm. Because and we're, we're very fortunate to be working with a, an excellent partner who are funding us through to the stage where we'll be there when that You'll that understand what the economics through. look like. Yeah. And, and then it's a question of just getting some debt in to be able to build the, the production out. Okay, yeah. brilliant. Thank you very much. Excellent, That was Thank fascinating, you. fascinating. I do appreciate you coming and telling our audience, our subscribers, that story. We, you know, we hadn't come across you before, um, very interested in the rare earth space, like a lot of people, slightly confused by it, but I think that's really, really helped. Thank appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.